Good morning, church. My name is Michael Mead, and my fiance Ayumi and I lead the teen ministry here in the East. And I want to start off and tell you how privileged I am to be in the teen ministry. I hope you guys are inspired by their sharing this morning, because it was probably one of the most amazing weeks of my life to be up there with every single one of them. But I want to tell you something this morning. That the teen ministry is alive and it's stronger than it's ever been before. Amen? Just this last Friday, we just got back from Big Bear. That's where the camp was. And uh, this was, I went to teen camp as I grew up here in the church. But this was my first time back uh, up on staff. And um, I got to lead a tribe. That's why you heard the Eliza chant. And um, it was just an amazing a uh, life-changing experience. And, you know, I heard Jacob sharing about Wednesday night. And that's usually, like, that's the climax of camp, when all the kids, you know, start to really get open about the sin in their life. And you know what? It was, it was just incredible to join these D groups. And the East region has an amazing set of teens. And I just want you guys to know that. And uh, it was fun. It was great. But it was powerful as well. And the name of the camp and the name of my lesson today is Truth Be Told. And truth is what I want to talk to you about this morning. Because the world is filled with lies. And the truth is under attack. And as disciples, we need to be prepared to show the truth to the people we're trying to help get to God. And if you're visiting today, I hope that you are encouraged Because I'm going to share some truth with you this morning about the world, about a life of sin, and where where it will lead you down a path that you don't want to go down. But in John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In John 8, 12, When Jesus spoke again to the people, He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows Me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. In John 10.10, Jesus says, The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Jesus gives us each the opportunity to live a life that is rich, that is satisfying, that is full. That we don't have to walk in darkness. But I have one question for you this morning. Is, if, is, if He offers that to us, then why are we so tempted to live a life in the world? Why are we so enticed to live a life full of sin? And I want to be open with you this morning. This is a question that I ask myself all the time. Because as a disciple, we know that life can get hard sometimes, right? And we can start to question our God. And sometimes I wonder, why do I struggle so much with this? Why am I so tempted by this? But I'm pretty sure I'm the only one that struggles with that, right? But fortunately for us, we're not the only ones to ever feel this way. There were men in the Bible that felt these same exact feelings. 
And we need to be reminded of, of how relevant the Bible is in our lives. Where do you turn to first when these troubles come into life? Do you go to the Word? Do you go to God? Or do you go to the world? And so let's turn our Bibles to Psalm chapter 73. Before we start reading, I'm going to go ahead and pray for the service. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to preach your word. God, it's my first Sunday service. I've been able to speak in front of the East region, my home. And God, I feel very honored and very humbled uh, before everyone this morning. And I really pray that your word will connect with our hearts, that we will feel convicted and ready to make decisions in our lives to follow you. God, thank you for everybody who's visiting, and I pray that we will make decisions as we leave this, that this, we leave this room today. God, I love you. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen. Amen. So in Psalm 73, this is a psalm of Asaph, and starting in verse 1, it says, Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold. For I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They are free from the burdens common to man. They are not plagued by human ills. Therefore, pride is their necklace. They clothe themselves with violence. From their callous hearts comes iniquity. The evil conceits of their minds know no limits. They scoff and speak with malice. In their arrogance they threaten oppression. Their mouths lay claim to heaven and their tongues take possession of the earth. Therefore their people turn to them and drink up waters in abundance. They say, how can God know? Does the Most High have knowledge? This is what the wicked are like. Always carefree. They increase in wealth. Surely in vain have I kept my heart pure. In vain have I washed my hands in innocence. All day long I have been plagued. I have been punished every morning. How many people have ever felt this way? I know I have. And the scary thing about this scripture is this, guy, this man's faith is in a very dangerous spot. His faith is in a very fatal state here. Because in the midst of many troubles in his life, he made a decision to fix his eyes on the prosperity of the wicked and not on God. What about you? When the unexpected happens, where do you fix your eyes? When financial hardship bears down on your life, and you need to pay your bills, do you stop giving to God? When there is an illness in your family or a loved one leaves the church, do you stop giving and meeting the needs of others? When things in your life are maybe not going as you planned, do you start to doubt God? When there is conflict among brothers and sisters in the fellowship, do you harden your heart towards other people? What is it for you this morning that causes you to fix your eyes on the wicked? And actually, a few years ago now, when our church went through a very difficult time, 
A lot of leaders left our church and my foot slipped. I lost my foothold. When I was 13 years old, I was baptized and it was an amazing experience. And I believe I really understood the decision that I made to be a disciple, to make Jesus Lord of my life. But through the challenges during that time and being in high school, I made a decision to walk away from God when I was 17 years old. I abandoned all the close relationships that I had, some of the best friends I've ever had in my life. I abandoned them. And I started to hang out with guys that were on my football team. And and along with that, I started to go to parties. And I started to drink very heavily. And I started doing drugs. And when when I was a senior, I even decided to leave my house at one point. And I remember a few days later, I came home to get some clothes. And I remember looking at my dad that morning. And I remember the look that he had on his face, just worried about me. And I walked in my room and my mom was crying. But it didn't even bother me. I walked right in that room, grabbed my clothes, and I left. From there, I started to skip out of school two, three days a week and would go and drink with my friends. And before I knew it, I was starting to fail my classes. And I was even recommended at one point by my counselor to start attending AA meetings at the age of 17 years old. And from there, you know, compromise after compromise, I started to get involved with many impure relationships. And to me, the world was fun. It was glamorous. I looked at my friends and they had it all together. They were having a great time. Until one night I was laying in a truck upside down. I was with my friends driving around under the influence with no seatbelts on. And we turned a corner going 60 miles per hour and rolled a truck three times into a home. And the room that we hit the lady was eight months pregnant. And I remember running from the cops that night with my friends, hiding from them, went to, went to another person's house and hid. And I remember that next morning, I talked to my dad and I just broke down over the phone. I was so scared. For the first time in my life, I felt like I'm not invincible. I am weak. But that didn't change me. I continued to live that life for about another year or so. And so one night I was invited over to have dinner with the teen leaders at the time, Chris and Vivi Boyer, which you guys probably know. And I sat across the table with Chris Boyer and he looked me straight in the eye and he questioned what my purpose in my life was. He says, if you were to die right now, do you know where you would go? And I remember feeling just broken that night. And he challenged me. He said, I just challenge you to go to one church service. Go to one midweek. And about a month and a half later, you know, I was restored. And that was a great opportunity. But in Proverbs 17, 23 through 24, you don't have to turn there. But it says, do not let your heart envy sinners, but always be zealous for the fear of the Lord. There is surely a future hope for you, and your hope will not 
be cut off. Let's not fix our eyes on the wicked. Let's remember that we have a hope in Jesus Christ that will never perish. It will never spoil. It will never fade away. And is achieving for us something so much greater than what this world has to offer. Continuing in Psalm 73, in verse 15. If I had said, I will speak thus, I would have betrayed your children. When I tried to understand all this, it was oppressive to me, till I entered the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their final destiny. Surely you place them on slippery ground, you cast them down to ruin. How suddenly are they destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. As a dream when one awakes, so when you arise, O Lord, you will despise them. As fantasies, when my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you. Yet I am always with you. You hold me in my right hand, by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Those who are far from you will perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the Sovereign Lord my refuge. I will tell of all your deeds. Until this man entered the sanctuary of God, until he prayed, did he really understand the fate of what the wicked were headed. And as I look back now, and I'm still keeping contact with a lot of the people I I used to hang out with, and I look at their lives, And some of my closest best friends, about four or five of my best friends, now have children. They had children with their girlfriends and now are fighting to have custody of those children. The friend who I got in an accident with that night did the same exact thing again. Some are addicted to serious drugs, alcoholics, and it breaks my heart to see where they're at. But it makes me grateful that God has pulled me out of that. You're here for a reason today. You're not here by coincidence. It wasn't coincidence that even that day when Chris Boyer sat down across from me, the teen leader, I don't think it's coincidence that I'm here today as a teen leader. Because it's something that I'm passionate about. With these teens and what we face on a daily basis is full of lies And it will corrupt your life. But I'm here to tell you today that a life for God is greater than anything that the world will ever offer you. And I stand before you a humble man. I stand before you not a man that is carefree. I still have my challenges. But God is my strength. God is my portion. And it is good to be near God. Amen? Amen. 
To prepare our hearts for the communion this morning, please turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12. In verse 1 of chapter 12, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before Him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. And you have forgotten that the word of encouragement that addresses you as sons, my son, Do not make light of the Lord's discipline. And do not lose heart when He rebukes you. Because the Lord disciplines those He loves and He punishes everyone as everyone He accepts as a son. Let's not fix our eyes on the prosperity of the wicked. But let us fix our eyes on the author and perfecter of our faith, Jesus Christ. Who went on the cross for your sins who was beaten and shamed and scorned for you so that we can be here this morning. I wouldn't be here right now if God didn't have a plan for my life. If you're visiting, you wouldn't be here this morning if God didn't have something greater for your life. And I pray that this morning as we take the bread and we take the juice that you will really realize what God has done in your life. Because we all have a story to tell. We all have been through our trials. We all have been through our challenges. And we're here today. Amen? Amen. So let's bow our heads and pray for the communion. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank You for this morning. Thank You for Your Son, Jesus Christ, who came into this world and brought the truth to us. We face a powerful enemy, God, on a daily basis. The devil is the father of lies, God. And he lies to us and he offers us the world. But God, there's one thing that he can't offer us. He can never offer us the love, the comfort, and the eternal salvation that you offer us. And I really pray that this morning we can examine our hearts. God, it's so easy to let our eyes drift to the world. And to envy what they have. But I pray that we don't envy them, God. That we can realize what we have in you. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for this opportunity to share your word this morning. And I love you. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen. Talked about today. I have some practicals. Some things for you to put into practice. This week. Number one. In hard times, go to the word of God. The Bible is, re- is living and relevant to your everyday life. If you're visiting or if this is your first time here this morning, I want to encourage you to study the Bible. Learn what God has in plan for you. 
Secondly, enter the sanctuary of God. And make an effort to really spend time praying this week. Because when we're in prayer, it really allows us to, to, to discern and really see what's really going on as we express our hearts to God. And lastly, to fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. Let's not fix our eyes on what the world has to offer. To close out, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting in verse 16. Paul says, Therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. You guys are going for something so much greater. An eternal glory that will blow this world away. And I leave you with one thought this morning. This world will be the only heaven some of us will ever experience. However, this world will be the only hell some of us will ever experience. Amen? You got, to God be the glory. Love you guys. Teen ministry-led worship service. Uh, I'm Daniel Guzman. I'm a, a teen ministry, one of the teen ministry leaders here in the East region. And I want to let you know that you're in for a special treat today. In the book of Joel, in chapter 2, God gives this promise about his, his coming kingdom. He says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. And your young men will see visions. Well, we're going to hear from your sons and daughters. We're going to hear from young men and women as, as they talk about how God's moving in their lives. Uh, what we're going to do today is we're going to have five young men and women share about the Los Angeles Church's annual teen camp that just passed this past week. Uh, so they're going to share about what they learned, how they were inspired. Uh, we're going to hear a great heartfelt and heart-changing message from Mike Mead, who's going to be preaching the word to us today. Uh, Alex Smith is going to be sharing his thoughts about the offering, and then we're going to close out with some encouraging, uplifting songs. So uh, why don't we go ahead and start? Uh, Giovanna Alfaro, why don't you come up and share about Teen Camp? Um, good morning, church. Um, my name is Giovanna. Um, so um, I went to Teen Camp, of course, and um, I was part of the tribe called Elijah, led by... That was led by Mike and Ayumi, which was, like, amazing. And, um, well, Teen Camp this year, I felt like, really was, like, amazing because I've gone to Teen Camp before, and I felt like I was inspired by Teen Camp. But this year, I felt like I inspired myself in a way, like, especially because I'm studying the Bible. Like, I feel like I got something out of it. And I felt like I was trusted there because a lot of people were able to talk to me and, like, be open about their heart. And it was just really amazing. And I'm so happy because um, I my friendships that I had from other regions were, like, so much they built so much more and like i'm so happy like about that and um something i got out of it was um i took a class and it was about facing your fears of like your faith and i know like in our team like being a teen today is so hard because we have like all this stuff trying like facing us like just going out and stuff it's just so hard and like facing our fears can be like really hard and um 
In Corinthians 10, verse 13, it says, No temptation has seized, you, has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that when you can stand up under it. Amen. And, like, I think it's really amazing because, like, it's so true. Like, what we are tempted by seems, like, so hard. But, like, God gives us it for a reason. It's not something, like, that's, like, oh, I cannot do this. Like, he gives us it because he knows, like, through his, like, through us having faith in him, we can, we can go through it. You know, we can, we can pass the test. And, like, um, I think I've grown so much more and I'm so happy and um, being open with people is, like, amazing. And um, I encourage that next year you guys let your kids go out to Teen Camp because it's such an amazing experience. Thank you. My name is Alex, and I'm going to share about my experience from Teen Camp. And um, I really like Teen Camp because we got to fellowship with um, people from other regions, and um, we got to participate with our tribe, you know, our sports and activities. And I really enjoyed the worship. It was really amazing. The band was, like, great. And I really want to say thanks to Cindy Rodriguez for um, being our counselor and her being... <laughs> and her being open about things in her life helped us to be, get open about things in our lives. And I'm really thankful for her because she was a great counselor. And um, something that really, like the things that really impacted me the most were the classes. There was um, classes about the truth about everything, like relationships, family, school, dating, all these, all these different things. But one of the classes that really stood out to me was um, the class about um, the truth be told um, leadership like the training class. It was um, directed um, straightly at people who wanted to um, start a, a Truth Be Told Bible Talk at their campus. And um, last, last year, my brother graduated, but he um, started the Truth Be Told Bible Talk at our campus when he was a sophomore. And so now that he's graduated, it's my turn, you know, to step up and take over. And um, before teen camp, it was kind of heavy on my heart because I felt like um, I was nervous, and I was scared to lead it, and I had a lot of insecurities, and I was scared of, oh, I had a fear of failure, and I had a fear of maybe I wouldn't lead it right, or maybe um, people wouldn't show up, but um, I have a scripture here. It's in Jeremiah. It's in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5 through 7, and it says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. O oh, sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you, for I'm too young. The Lord replied, don't say I'm too young, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and I will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. And this scripture really encouraged me. Because um, now I feel, after teen camp, just all the encouragement I got from people around me helped me to feel like I'm not alone in this. You know, there's people starting Bible talks all over L.A. And um, just, I feel like a lot more, you know, secure in doing this and a lot more confident. And now I'm happy to say that, like, you know, I'm more um, confident in going out and sharing the truth with other people so I can give them the hope of salvation that I have and I can spread it to them. So thanks for letting me share. Hey, guys. Um, I'm David, and um, this is my first time at Teen Camp this year. And I really love the title of Teen Camp, Truth Be Told. And while we were there, truth was told. And every day from 7 to 8 or maybe 9, we had worship at night. And 
We didn't really care how long it was. All we cared was that we were serving God. And on some days we had, like, workshops and classes to head to. And some of them helped us with, like, our faith in Christ and um, if you were interested in studying the Bible and stuff. And um, we, had a lot, we had a couple of competitions, like uh, dodgeball, lip sync, tug of war, ultimate frisbee with cabbages. Uh, and we had a talent show representing each region, which I was, uh, yeah. I was lucky enough to represent the East Region, and it was just it was really cool. And we had cabins, and um, we had some really cool cabins, and some people just had, like, nasty cabins. And just, <laughs> yeah. I'm not even going to lie to you. <laughs> but, uh, like, the cabin that I was in, it was, it was really great. Like, God really, like, bonded us together. We were, we were like brothers in a cabin. And um, we were really open with each other, and we grew as friends. And um, we really encouraged each other in our cabin, and just really made me feel awesome. And um, I was lucky enough to have Adrian Martinez as my super awesome counselor. Yeah. And um, the biggest thing for me was that I feel like I grew closer to God and just made me appreciate all the great things, you know, that he gave me. And um, I really like how all the people that like, that came up the mountain really changed when they left. Like, many people looked insecure and and confused in the beginning, and they came out looking encouraged and wanting to show others what God, like, uh, what God has for them and just made me feel great inside and and inspired me really greatly. Thank you. Uh, hey, hey. so I'm Jacob Arjun, and yeah, Teen Camp was great. Like, I knew it was going to be great, just because in the beginning, my mom asked, like, hey, what do you want to bring to camp? I'm like, can you give me an Arizona raspberry iced tea? That's like my favorite drink, you know? And so, like, my mom got that from me, and I'm like, yes, it's going to be a great camp. So, okay, so I put the drink in my backpack, so I'm going to save it for camp. I'm not going to drink it now, you know? And so we checked in. I opened up my tea. Right away, you know, I drank some of it. I'm like, so I put it down, and like, <laughs> so, um, so we left. We went to go do something. We came back. I got to have my Arizona raspberry iced tea, so I drank some of it. I'm like, mm, I drank a big gulp, and I'm like, it tastes pretty great. <laughs> but then I realized it's kind of crunchy, and so I'm like, why is it crunchy? Okay, so I looked down at my my Arizona and full of ants. And no, like full of ants. And like, I washed up my face. I looked in the mirror. I started ants all over my lips, ants on my cheek. It, just, it was a little sour. So, hey, besides that, though, like, I had a great teen camp. I know my cabin had a great teen camp. Adrian, my counselor over there, he was a great guy. And it's like, our tribe did well, even though we got fifth place. We should have got, like, first, but we were the tribe Nathan. So, yeah, just, like, besides just all the fun stuff, besides all the pranks and all the paintball, which I suck at, but um, we really grew a lot spiritually just as a cabin. Just, like, so many young men want to study the Bible now, and, like, so many people are all studying the Bible now. 
it's really inspiring. Like, I think that there could be at least 10 more teens that are disciples before the end of 2010. So that's just, that's really great, you know. And Wednesday, oh, Wednesday night was by far the best night for us, for the East Region teens, you know. Like, it was like the worship night. And, like, so many people just got open earlier that night. And, like, wow, the worship, just, like, we were all crying. Like, I made I cried at least, like, five times on that, just the songs. I actually went outside and broke the rules and prayed outside because I was like, I just was feeling it, you know. And like afterwards, we all gave each other hugs. Just, if you guys were there to see the East Region teens bond that night, you guys would have saw something special. It was amazing. But I definitely grew during this camp, and I want to share the scripture saying how I grew. It's in Psalm uh, 40, verse 8 through 10. And it says, I desire to do your will, oh my God. Your law is within my heart. I proclaim righteousness in the great assembly. I do not seal my lips, as you know, O Lord. I do not hold your righteousness in my heart. I speak of your faithfulness and salvation. I do not conceal your love and your truth from the great assembly. And I like the scripture. I read this in my quiet time during teen camp. And it's talking about how everything is about God, like your will, your love, your truth, your salvation. And I feel like lately I've been doing things for God for me. So I get the recognition, you know? It's about me. Like, I want people to say, I got Jacob over there. Yeah, he's a great disciple. Yeah, you see what Jacob did? Oh, that was just really spiritual, you know? Like, oh, Jacob's just a rock in the faith. You know, I want people to say that about me. But Teen Camp, I realize it's not about me. It's about God. And I want to be the best disciple I can be for God, not for me. I want to be a leader in my church and at my school for God, not for me. And I want to start a TBD, a TBT Bible Club at my school for God, not for me. So just give God, God the glory in every way possible. Thank you. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Good? All right, well, my name is Chris. I went to teen camp, but as a counselor. It was my first time as a counselor, and it was crazy. I mean, like, I, I went as a teen, you know, growing up in the church, went to every single teen camp, and it was cool. We had uh, a lot of, um, what do they call it, competitions and stuff like that, but this time it was crazy. Like, they did a, uh, um, David was mentioning some of the um, competitions, but one of them was, it was called Flower. Let me explain this to you real quick. All right, so say, it's capture the flag, but with flower. So there's a line and, and two flags on each side, but instead, and you have to go get the other person's flag. Instead of going to get it with flags or tagging each other, you had a sock full of cooking flour, and you would hit the person as hard as you could with it. And it was crazy. Like, I was on the other side of the field, and you would hear just people just pop. Just people get popped by it. Their face would be red, covered in white, and it was crazy. And it was so much fun. But uh, besides the game, besides the games, it was just a moving experience for me. Um, going with, I had all, all my uh, uh, campers were guys from the East Region, which was awesome. I got to uh, bond with them. I hadn't really seen them that much, but they were great. Um, extremely respectful, extremely... Um, open on the Wednesday night. Uh, it was uh, a lesson about sin. So it was more of a, a confession night that night. And I was going into it like, okay, well, maybe we'll get open about, you know, period or really shallow. And, then, and everybody started crying. It was crazy. And, um, and not only us, but every single counselor I talked to, I know I talked to Sean and Adrian, their guys were crying. All the girls were crying. All the guys were crying. Everybody was crying. And then we went to, uh, <laughs> and then we went to that worship night later that night. That's what Jacob was talking about. And everybody was crying there still. And it was just a moving experience. Um, it really made me confident in uh, the future of God's church. 
because these kids were so, so zealous for God. Um, it, it really challenged me, how zealous am I for God? It really challenged me also um, on being a servant, and, and not so much for each other, but for God. How do I, how do I serve God? There's um, first-time teens, walk, like you're eating breakfast or lunch, first-time coming up to you, hey, are you done? Let me take your plate. And if not, they stand there and wait for you to be done, which is kind of weird. But it's like, <laughs> but, but it's really encouraging, I mean, just to see their hearts, to see the the, the type of servants they are. And it challenged me, like, it, it really challenged me, how is my heart for God? Am I going to be that kind of servant for the church and for God? Or am I just going to, or am I just going to set back? And, and, and in the songs, like, usually I just stand there and clap and, and, you know, sing. But it took it to a whole nother level. Like, every single song, there's some sort of hand motion. And I'm just like, they're, they're creating stuff that I didn't even know was possible. Like, every single word, there's like, there's something they're doing. And it's... And it's so cool to see because it gets you into the song. It's almost like you're dancing but worshiping at the same time. And it was just a great experience. Um, I just wanted to, to help you guys be secure and confident that the future of our church is in good hands. These, these teens are great, great people. They have great hearts. Um, they encourage me. Uh, I just want to lift up my guys. You guys know who you are. But um, they were extremely respectful, open, um, humble. They asked for advice. They, they really... Uh, challenged me, but really respected uh, my, my leadership and my authority, and, and just really, I felt encouraged and I felt loved by them. So I just wanted to lift them up. Actually, I'll just say their names. Um, it was Nick. I had Nick. I had Jeremiah. I had um, Cedric, Shane, uh, Isaiah. I don't know if Isaiah is here. And um, there's one more. I think I'm forgetting it. Who was it? Nick? And Mark Finn. Yeah. And, the, and these guys, these guys, like, at the beginning, I, didn't, I, I only knew Nick. And because uh, he used to be his mentor and stuff. But then the other guys, we got really close. But not everybody was crying. We were just like, everybody was helping everybody. Uh, uh, these guys were a true example of leadership. When somebody else was crying, they would give him a tissue and water, go over there and, and just hug him. And it was just, it inspired me. Like, these guys are going to be leaders. And so uh, I just want to encourage you guys that our church is in great hands. The future generations, are, they're just great people, people who want to serve God and, and serve each other. Amen. So with that, uh, let's bow our heads in prayer and pray for the service. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful for the opportunity and the, the privilege to go to teen camp. I've got to be a counselor. Uh, my name is Alex Smith. Uh, this is my son, Jonathan. We're, uh, I'm a teen leader, and uh, obviously my son's a teen. Uh, so we are both involved with uh, the, the teen ministry, and it is uh, uh, an incredible ministry. Uh, you really get to see the hearts of uh, the youth, and uh, like... It was shared earlier, you really uh, are, are full of faith that our church is in really, really good hands. Uh, as a father, I also have uh, two other children, three children, and I can attest that our children's lives, uh, they grow up so quick. You, you see their lives just move so quickly. And, you know, I, I was first in the teen ministry about 11 years ago, so I got to see a lot of those teens be parents and have children now, uh, or some of them even leading teens and a part of the teen ministry. Uh, so it, it is an incredible experience to witness uh, the lives and the transformation of lives that God uh, uh, does through, through his work and through uh, the commitment that we give to him. Uh, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about when I was coming up here, I, I was thinking, you know, with work, you know, a lot of times my heart is so... Uh, overwhelmed with work, and am I going to have my job? Is it, you know, pretty steady? 
And I know a lot of us are in that same situation. And I think, you know, what would be one of the promises that I would want to hear going to work one day? And one of the promises would be that my boss would come up to me and say, you know, for the next five years, you don't have to worry about a job. You're going to have a job. There's no way you're going to get fired. Uh, you know, as long as you do your work and, and you're, you're committed to our company, you're, you're going to have a job. And that, that would just relieve so much pressure uh, from me. And I think a lot of us can relate to that. Uh, and, you know, when I was looking, I was, I was thinking that, and I was thinking about the future of our children, and I'm thinking, you know what, God makes us a promise to, to us as fathers. Uh, and if we turn over to Deuteronomy uh, 7 or 6-2, it talks about the wholehearted commitment that God calls us to. And if you go over to verse 2, it starts and it says, And you and your children and grandchildren must fear the Lord your God as long as you live. If you obey all his decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life. Listen closely, Israel, and, and be careful to obey. Then all will go well with you and all of your, chi- and all of your many children in the, in the land of milk and honey. And just as the Lord... Uh, the God of your ancestors promise you. God makes us a promise. He says that if we are wholeheartedly committed to him, uh, if we worship him and we follow his commandments, that our children are going to be blessed. And honestly, right now, as we give our contribution, uh, it is a way that we can worship and show God our commitment to him. Uh, It is amazing, like I said, how you get to see generations go through uh, in your lifetime, right? And there isn't a better place that you'd want to see your children uh, at, but at a place where, where, it, it, where you fear God, where you know God, where you love God. And uh, right now, as we uh, hand out the plate, it's a, it's a great time that we can get, show God how much we really are committed to Him. Um, I'm going to say a prayer. So uh, bow our heads. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for Mike's message today, God, and I, I pray that you open up our hearts today, God. And, you know, really, in Second Corinthians it says, um, excel in the grace of giving, Father. And I pray that you all give us a heart of giving right now, God. And-